comes the danger. Yes, yes. Yes, this is. This is. Yes, it really is the Black Russian podcast. We do still do podcasts. This is the second episode of the second season, which is also the 50th episode of our podcast, which is also the fifth anniversary of our podcast existence. I am so impressed you got all that out. Yes, I learned to speak very slowly today. Today I'm speaking slower than usual. My name, in case you don't know, is Tion Michael Tucson Torrance, a.k.a. Buku One, a.k.a. The Black Fletch. I am Yula, compensating for the long-ass name. <laughs> and we are the Black Russian Podcast. We are here to provide some cool, open, honest dialogue, raw, unfiltered, about love, life, relationships, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the face plants of it all. When you're trying to live in love openly, honestly, cleanly, and empowering both self and the people you are connecting with. And all of that is from our perspective. It's not the absolute truth. It's how we experience it. Yes. So what we'll say, like we always say in the beginnings of our podcast, we do not have any favoritism towards any style of relationship. Monogamy, non-monogamy, polyamory, or any form of anything we are pro-empowerment, pro-freedom of choice and decision-making. Um, and we are, if we are anti-anything, we're anti-mandate. Mandated monogamy, beyond your will. Mandated non-monogamy. Um, we are about growth and the ability to support and have loving relationships that encourage us to grow, be honest, and change as our life path desires, requires, and inspires rhyming shits <laughs> are you a rapper i am a rapper Aww. so man you know episode 49 seems like forever ago but it was so good yes it was good we had good response it was we had to do one that was like if you haven't heard any of our podcast episodes before start here yep because it gave everybody a synopsis of who we are why we are here why we do the podcast and you know so on and so forth so now we get back to the nitty gritty um, and just start talking again about life and the challenges that we all go through. This episode is called Building Wide and it's just about diversifying your ways of connecting with yourself and with others. So when one part of your connection is going through challenges or hard times or maybe you're fighting in your relationship, there are other lanes that strengthen that bond that generate nourishment and love and connection while you're going through a time that's very hard for you too. Um, so that's what it's called. But before that, what's up? What's been going on with you, girl? Well, traditionally I do a rant and you were inspiring me to do one and I was not able to find any topics for it. <laughs> so I was like, wow, am I out of rants, really? Am I just anti-rant now? That's kind of boring. And I was thinking that, um, you know, I don't have a rant right now, but I do have something that has been on my mind, uh, is an interesting topic to share with um, anyone who's listening and also anyone, you know, I find myself talking about it to people, uh, Tion and I are living it. And that is the kids 
and how especially like the younger generation our youngest ones 13 and how they are pushing us to open up our the 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 prism that we look at the world through uh how different it is how difficult it can be and is to see the world uh through their eyes and not shut them out as we don't even understand what you guys are doing therefore it's crazy and unwarranted and we're not going to you know even consider it um it's fascinating yeah like we were talking on our walk today that you know our kids and the greater generation are creating much more space for nuance things are much more blended or as they say fluid um it's not just black or white and right. you know they're teaching us nuance it's not just i'm this or i'm that or i'm boy or i'm girl or i'm even really you know, republican or democrat or this or that which is the paradigm we've been living in for a long time and now it's starting to loosen up and realize there's so much in between black or white yes or no i'm for this or i'm not for that yeah i mean there's a lot and and you know where what started with you know gender neutral uh the way that they want to be referred to a lot of kids want to change how they you know their pronouns first it was like what is this and as we are experiencing it inside of our family and really uh learning to listen and understand what that means you know the way we're seeing it is it does not mean literally pronouns right. it means we they the kids are against uh, being assigned a certain role just because they are born, uh, you know, with certain set of genitals. And that is huge because that's ch that changes a whole game of what's available to them, uh, what options they have, what choices they have, how colored their lives are. Uh, and it feels like the more that, you know, I'm understanding it, the more that uh tion's understanding it the more that we're sharing it with other people talking about it it's really about expanding the world beyond flat beyond black and white adding different tones colors textures and options and that can be very scary right um and it's you know very destabilizing when you can't just click save i am this click right I, you know, and we're learning through, you know, our lives, like we've learned to define our relationship boundaries by our design based upon our needs and have changed them and amended them as, they've, as we've grown and as we've, as we've changed. Um, and I think thinking about it in this, this lens, how detrimental these black and white lenses have been for us figuring out relationship stuff, how to love yeah. You know, we're, we've, we've been raised to assume love is just for this space. Romantic love is just for this person or like this and everything else is something else. Um, and we're learning that it's not black and white. You know, that intimacy and deep connection is not reserved for one lane. We can actually have intimacy in every area of our lives from the way that we treat our family, our kids, elders, students, teachers, other friends, um, people, whether romantic or not, they can all be deep. They can all be intimate. Um, and that's where, that's the gray area. It's not all or none. It's not black or white. And I think, 
you know, when we don't fit in what's black or what's white, that's where we get confused and we get, um, you know, frustrated and, and not know where we fit yeah. because we're not black or white. I mean, and it's possible that, you know, like we're, we're seemingly seeing, okay, these kids now have more uh, mental health issues. They talk about it more. They experience more feelings, anxiety, etc. But, you know, on one hand, it's probably because they're more free to talk about it. And, you know, we all have experienced them. We just don't talk about it that much. But also because be opening up the world uh, beyond the binary possibilities is not that easy. Uh, and it can be disorienting. A lot of the times it is. They're building something new. Uh, they're fighting for it. And it brings up a lot of a lot of feelings. You know, like doing it inside the monogamous world, uh, building a non-monogamous relationship, a lot of the times can be uh, unsettling, scary, destabilizing, changing, go even inside of a non-monogamous relationship, making changes to accommodate for something new is always scary. It's never just, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now, cool. It's always a, a period of, you know, super sensitive, uh, sometimes anxious, scary stuff. So, you know, it's really interesting to start connecting like the what the processes that these kids are going through to generally like our experience of being non-monogamous or like our older kids are not following currently not following like the prescribed path that most of us were raised in you you graduate from high school you go to college you graduate from college you find a job and that's your career and now you're looking for a partner and then you're set right like they are looking for other ways of being happy without that and maybe they'll find that way you know through college and otherwise but at least they're taking at least our oldest ones both are taking time to figure out what it is that they want to do yeah and, and we're giving them we're working hard to give them time and space to find themselves and the many lanes of their personality and how they'll be expressed as opposed to ushering them into a lane of career um what are you going to do for your career you're out of high school now what are you going to do or you're out of college now what are you going to do for a career we're really being intentional and in just supporting and providing space for them to explore the many different things that they are and want to do and that's something that we're trying to shift based upon how our generation was raised where you had to pick something you had to pick one you know pick a career uh, pick a field uh, pick your husband or your wife that's gonna be your one you know or asking questions like what do you want as if we only want one singular thing and so by just having that question being phrased what do you want like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It makes us have to process that answer in a singular way. Whereas if we're asked, what are the things you want? What are the experiences you want? Once we pluralize it, all, all of a sudden we allow the rest of our persona and our rest of our yeah. passions to come to light. Well, I want to travel, but I also want to be settled down with a person. But I also want to be able to see other things. I also don't want to be owned, but I want to feel 
stable and consistent. Right. And like an even more uh, basic question is, how do you want to feel? Right. You know, and then, all right, I want to feel settled, excited, uh, you know, free, but not lost, uh, empowered to make my own choices, you know, decide when I want to go fast and when I want to slow down. And then you go, okay, well, what activities, what actions, like what, what is that going to look like? Right. And, you know, that's from our premise of we subscribe to everything we do in this life is to gain a feeling or to remove ourselves from a feeling. Right. And so instead of thinking about what we want to do or where we want to go, if we start at how do we want to feel, then we have a much clearer chance of defining our actions based upon what feelings we're trying to achieve. And so, for example, over the last few years, I've really boiled down what are my core nutrients that I look for in all exchanges in my life, friends, lovers, business, um, with myself and other activities, is I need to generate and feel that there is high levels of joy, gratitude, and enthusiasm being generated. And that is my gauge on whether I should invest more, if the levels of those three elements are high, or if I need to divest which means if those elements in the relationship or the whatever interaction is are low. And so if I do that, it's not based upon a woman. It's not based upon a height. It's not based upon an activity. It's not based upon anything other than I will gravitate myself towards experiences that generate joy, gratitude, and enthusiasm. Then I will minimize being in spaces that have low levels of joy, gratitude, and enthusiasm. And that's my core gauge, which transcends any type of relationship, any type of experience. Yeah, so if you think about it, uh, going at it from, these are the activities that I will do in life, and then I hope that I will achieve these feelings is the total opposite of you know, comforts of a uh, total opposite of making sure we get to experience the feelings that we want to experience. Uh, it's interesting that I get to explain a lot of this to my parents, like particularly to my mom, because I don't know that I can have these conversations <laughs> with my dad. I could, but I just... I might been, just get a look. Yeah, I've been talking to my mom about it, and without going so she would get lost in the details right explaining to her why uh kids want to have either gender neutral pronouns uh or opposite pronouns uh from the assigned sex or totally you know transition into a different sex completely that's where you know should get lost and the purpose of it completely gets distorted but going to i i realized that going at it explaining to older generation namely my mom the purpose that i think is behind the kids actions and search like that even if the kids sometimes don't understand that that's really the specific purpose, that's where she gets it. You right. know, when I explain to her mom, 
if you were allowed to do what you felt you wanted to do or needed to do from the beginning of your life, when you were a little girl, you know, climbing trees, running around, having all these dreams, if you were not held to, yes, you can do that when you're little, but then you have to get serious and go to college and find a husband and have a family. And when you have a family, you're going to be responsible for cooking, cleaning, doing the dishes. You can't leave your kids, you blah, blah, blah. So you lose your life as you know it. If you had that opportunity, how would you feel? Because that's what these kids are doing. And she literally started crying because she gets it. That's the level of, you know, understanding that. Like she got it through the feeling. Right. She didn't get it through the action. You know, she doesn't understand the uh, gender neutral pronouns, gender neutral look, the colored hair, and the this, the that. But the feeling, the freedom that they're trying to achieve, the freedom of choice, the options, the ability to do what normally boys are allowed to do, but girls are not, that's what she gets. Right. You know, in the same way, explaining that although we it is uncomfortable for us to allow the kids to so to speak float after school or college right and discover their passions and figure out what it is they want to do and not get married to one thing one person one experience is scary for us because that's not what we did but understanding that we really don't know what's the best way to achieve happiness is right that she gets that right and that's the gray area that's the you know building wide and creating space for our children and ourselves to build wide is having the space where there's room for unknown there's room for change there's room for growth there's acceptance and i don't know everything i don't know what's going to make me the most happy five years from now or and that's the scary thing, like yeah. the unknown, right? The, the whole concept of, no, I don't know, and I'm okay with that. Right. That's the whole, that, that's scary. That's the opposite of what we're taught. That's the opposite of our security. Uh, we're taught to feel secure by controlling outcomes. And um, letting go of that is hard, but as, you know, I'm... I've, I'm discovering through my own experiences and having to learn how to let go. That's the only way that I can actually start fully being me and not just the version of me that is controlled by the obligations to my ego. Right. And, you know, the freedom that we wish for creates uncertainty and unknown. And that's very uncomfortable in many circumstances, especially in relationship when you're trying to emancipate yourself from this generation or generations of security that we've come from. Like our generations past us were really heavy on security, like having stability, job, family, routine, regimen, house, you know, all these things. But we found our generation, I think now more so is coming in and next generation is even more so aware of it is that those securities come with rigid structures that don't allow you to be yourself and don't allow for growth and change in certain areas. 
And that became uh, a bigger focus, the restriction versus the security. And so now we're getting more into this um, desire for freedom. And I think with the options of loving beyond monogamy and creating your own structures, whether it's polyamory, open, non-monogamy or whatever you create that's yours, part of the desire to do that is to not have this rigid form of security, but have a form of security that allows for freedom. But in that transition, it's very destabilizing because we've relied a lot on our safety and security and feeling special in relationships on a secure, static structure. My husband always is this. They always do this. They never do that. They won't do that. They can't do that. And that's where my, my security is. And also happens to kill any fun, desire, <laughs> right. you know, romance, all of that. But that's, you know, we'll leave a superel to, to that. Right. The, the securities kill passion and spontaneity and right. stuff like that um, if you're not careful. Um, but the thing about now we get into freedom and building wide, we want different relationships and different dynamics. Um, we have to deal with both the emancipation of our own internal wiring that says that's not right or this shouldn't be that way. Um, and also our insecurities and fear about empowering our partner or partners to have that freedom. Because the thing about the freedom is, like, like Yula was saying with her parents, we don't know what their freedom is going to look like. We don't know how it's going to be expressed. We don't know how many relationships they want. We don't know if they're ever going to want more than one deep one. We're not going to know if they're going to want many we never know and that's destabilizing but that is the nuance that is the uncomfort is that the freedom of unknown allows for a person to build wide but it can be obviously unnerving because that's not what we're taught we're taught to be singular we're taught to be structured secure and predictable um and that's not really what humans thrive off of so i mean you know it's built into us because you know in order to survive we had to be in control of all of our, uh, I mean, literally about over, over physical surroundings, you know, as it was dangerous to not know what's going on. I mean, not knowing what's going on used to be physically dangerous, right? You would be killed. Not knowing where your next meal comes from, not knowing who is around you, like all of that is hardwired into the DNA because, you know, that that's how... We didn't survive. Right. We're past that, hopefully. And now it's a whole new world of, all right, we don't have to worry about, for the most part, you know, about people killing us. I mean, right. at least we're sitting here not really worried right. about at it. At the moment, I feel safe. Right. <laughs> you know, when we have Right now, food. in this house, right now, I, I feel safe. I understand. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting talking about, you know, this is a privileged conversation. Right. Highly privileged. We're in the circumstance where we're afforded this opportunity to not have to be too concerned about any of those external factors. Right. We're allowed to focus on these relationships with self and with others. And, you know... We're in a different time than our ancestors were. Um, there are certain reasons why maximum security was necessary. And we don't need maximum security as much as in the material ways that we did before. But also, just as we're becoming more aware of our purpose in life beyond material needs, value and happiness beyond uh, career accolades, 
you know, we realize that we're much more omnipotent and we have much more passions than the one that we thought we were supposed to have or the one partner we're supposed to have. Um, and we're realizing that we can enjoy Michael Jackson and still love Rick James and still love Bob Marley and still love some Bob Dylan and still love some salsa music and still discover other musics and still have the capacity to love those two and love the Bay Area and love traveling and so on and so forth. So if we have the capacity to do that, then we must have the capacity to love our primary partner we're married to and love our kids and love this new person we met and have love for the elders that we know in the community and have compassion for the people we've never met and have curiosity and desire to meet and experience other people that we haven't experienced yet. And trying to figure out how to go from this actualization that we possibly can and we want to, to how, and then how to sustain relationships with ourselves and others in the process is kind of what we've been hacking at through this whole podcast and sharing our experiences of how it's not easy, it's not linear. Once you get it, doesn't mean you always get it. Some days you're better at being forth right and truthful with yourself and others other days we're not as good about it and how do we manage all of that without forsaking freedom being like this is just not for us i can't you know and then going back to a, a secure maximum security structured environment which will eventually lead you back to feeling restless at some point i or, can tell you that if we were in that state then we wouldn't be we would be having very different relationships with our kids and we wouldn't be as open and understanding in supporting them, you know, which is vital for their well-being. Yeah. You know, if we weren't supporting our kids, then, you know, we basically would be forcing them into some limited, um, like, you know, I mean, limited relationship with us. Who knows what that creates in them? I mean, nothing good comes out of it. So... Uh, it just, it's all so intertwined and it's very much, uh, needed. It's very much, uh, it's not easy, but it all like each piece of it supports the other piece. Like, so the more that, you know, I, I feel what the kids are doing, the more I can translate that into, okay, how does that relate to my internal world? Right. The, when I get lost in my internal world, I can go and like poke around in how I relate to these kids because I'm not trying to control them. Right. And I have full trust in them traveling through the unknown and coming out fine on the other side as long as I'm, I'm here to support them. And then when I get frustrated with their, with their travels, you know, I can go back into my own travels and be like, yeah, but you also feel this way and you also act that way sometimes. And yeah, it's frustrating for people around you, but you're human. That's what humans do. So it's all super interconnected. Yep. And, you know, building wide and all of this stuff really is just another way of um, getting to the place of, being self-aware and self-honest and self-accepting and being kind to ourselves because the reality is we are imperfect. We are omnipotent. No. We have multiple passions. We like 
different things all the time. The things that were our favorite things five years ago aren't our favorite things. The people who were, some of the people who were most important to us in our everyday lives three years ago aren't even in our lives in a physical form right now. They're gone somewhere where the relationships transitioned or we're not even, and who knows? Um, and that's okay. And we have so much more to who we are than what we've been allowed to present. And we're trying to get to the point of how can we share more of that and identifying the negative effects of not sharing yep. those parts of ourselves and not creating lanes to voice them um, and suppression and stuff like that. And that's been, you know, those type of things are what our challenges are in our relationship. Like the, the where we get in trouble, where we have hardship is because of that process of going from repression and having certain parts of ourselves dormant, but then playing a role in our actions and not realizing it and how to bring everybody in our being to the table to where we can move consciously and accept and hear everybody's voice in our inner council, so to speak, that wants different things and let them know that it's okay. And also identifying how and why we've been who we are and why our decisions have been made consciously and subconsciously. So building wide is opening up the lanes for all these different parts of ourselves to have a voice and a, um, a way to manifest themselves in our lives that's healthy. Um, and then the other part is funny because as we're talking, we're talking about building wide from different lanes. But the core concept of why I thought of building wide, we're talking about this is that, you know, me and Yula, we go through many different things um, and we have hardships that, that, that are loops that have come up. Like the challenges that we have have been our challenges for the last 10 years or however long. And one thing that we realized is if you're going to be with somebody for a long time, and you guys are about growth, some hard shit's gonna come up, people are gonna fuck up, we're gonna fall on our way to re refining. It's just gonna happen. Um, so what we need and what have benefited us is having multiple lanes that we connect, that we share love, that we share camaraderie to remind us that this person's shortcoming or this disagreement that we're having is not our whole relationship. It's a certain area. And that certain area now needs love. Do we have other lanes, connections, activities um, between us that create and generate love to help heal that one area? And that's kind of where I came about. Let's do building wide. But it's so funny because there's so many different ways that building wide, um, it needs to be discussed and how it helps us really open up and understand where we are, and where we're trying to go and why it's so hard to do so. Because that, that's, you know, when you think about it, uh, narrow surfaces are not stable. Right. Wide surfaces are way more stable. Right. And, you know, it's funny. is like, you know, one of my biggest challenges right now is trying to strengthen my knees. Right. Because of years of skateboarding combined with never stretching combined with, you know, whatever posturing or however, just the impact of skateboarding in my life has been on my knees. And so I have a trainer and, you know, the first thing the trainer says, which other trainers said is it's probably not your knee. <laughs> it's probably all the other things around your knees. So in order to strengthen your mobility in your knee so you can bend down more, you can't just focus on building and healing that knee. You need to also focus on strengthening 
the areas around that knee and releasing the tension in the other parts of your leg, like your hip flexors and your calves and your hamstrings, because that's causing pressure on your knee. And if you strengthen all of those things, it removes the pressure and allows you to still be able to grow and heal without always focusing on the problem. And so in relationship, as we've been going through some stuff, we've kind of come out of the fog, but we're dealing with just setting new processes up in place is in relationship when there's challenges and where we're going through stuff, it's not always the best thing to just focus on the problem and just uh, zoom in on the problem and the how and the why and when and what happened. Like that's a part of the process. But after a while, the other parts of the process are let's focus on the areas that we generate love and camaraderie while we're healing because that connection through these other things allow us to stay close, allow us to stay connected through the times when we are going through pain. Maybe one of us has caused pain to the other. And if we don't have any other forms of connection, that one pain caused by the other becomes the narrative of the whole relationship. But if you have other lanes simultaneously that are bringing joy, that are bringing connection, then you're able to just have a better perspective of this person is not trying to hurt me. This is an area that they're struggling with. But while they're struggling with that, we're still doing amazing things in other parts of our lives in real time. Um, and that perspective really keeps the keeps the train on the tracks when things get a little hairy. But it's interesting that it's not a natural thing to do. Like it's not always a uh, natural instinct to let's go do other things. Right. You know, because like I think our egos wants to keep us engaged right. in that one thing that we have a disagreement in. Right. Because the ego wants to win. Right. Like the last thing the ego wants to do is drop it with no resolution, walk away and go do other things. Really? Like that is absolutely not the thing that it wants to do. So, you know, I think that our process in getting to the point where we pretty much automatically go to other things was through forcing ourselves to stop the conversation. Right. Like we literally had to train ourselves through years. We started with like text conversations, right? Where right. it was like, all right, I'm done talking about this. And having the discipline to actually walk away and not talk about it. Right. And, and have and like one of the funny things that we've done and we've, we've created little goofy tools through the years that help us um, have space for the hard conversations and for the direct, but also have space for the other things that are going on in our lives is that we would have we would delegate like. Now we're gonna we're gonna date ourselves right here. <laughs> We'd have AOL Instant Messenger aim for like our really hard ongoing conversations about the stuff that we're dealing with amongst each other. But then our normal text would be our everyday stuff that we're doing with kids, family, business. Um, and so at the same time, we would have these hard conversations where we could even be upset at each other or mad at each other, and plan our next trip and close our next deal and make sure uh, we're on the same page as far as who's picking up who right. as far as kids. And what it did is it made it almost impossible to villainize the other person. 
Because yeah. the same person you're pissed off at about this is the same person that is helping you um, negotiate this deal for your yeah. artist that you're managing, which is the same person um, that is you're co-parenting with that you're grateful for. And so you can't, it's hard to villainize somebody when there's other All right, and sides I, of that. You know, I think that where breakdowns do happen, like we don't ever do that. Like when we fight or we don't fight, we get into very difficult situations where it feels like in this moment, we don't want to be around each other. Like right. it's so maddening that you just don't want to be around each other, but we don't ever not respond to texts or calls on like, Hey, who's picking up kids or Hey, can you go do that? Or this something came up in business. But I think that a lot of couples will do that. I right. think that there's a lot of situation where situations where it's like you get into a fight and like, fuck you, I'm not picking up the kids. You right. figure it out. Right. And that's when you like consciously cut off all that stuff, other stuff. And then you're really a bad person. Like now you're, you're struggling to find the point of connection where things are good. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of times where you know, in the relationship, there are areas that we've either helped each other or hurt each other. And this is general relationships, not just ours. But what we've learned to do is fight to not fight. Oh, yeah. You know, um, we can be angry, we can be upset, but still be mindful. Like when we're being upset and when we're just trying to, when we're being flat out mean to hurt somebody. You know, and if we're not, if people aren't careful in relationships... They don't think about that. They let it bleed. And then all of a sudden, because they're upset in one area of the relationship, they use other areas of the relationship as leverage to hurt the other person or to make the other person feel um, less than or feel guilty or whatever it is. And then it becomes a spy versus spy thing where all of a sudden the relationship isn't about two people together trying to figure out how to yeah. live and love and coexist and navigate hard times. It becomes me versus you. And you're out to get what's good, what you want because you feel you're not getting enough. And then I'm out to get mine and we're both taking. And then it becomes opposition. And that's where the ego, like Yula was saying, really kicks in. It's fun because it becomes this chess match. It's like war games. Oh, yeah. Um, and before people know it, they've been in war games for years. And then they try to navigate something difficult and they don't have the bandwidth to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. They don't get to see, they don't see the person as someone who's trying to do growth and making mistakes. They just see them as, you know, someone who hurts them. And it's very hard to grow and to be honest um, in circumstances like that when there isn't space where while you're going through hard things, you're still able to generate and create, co-create healthy, nourishing spaces with each other that remind you that the whole reason you're fighting is because you both care about each other so much that you're who you are and who this person is and their challenges are overlapping and causing pain. You know, because ideally, if you didn't want to be with the person, you just leave and there'd be no need to fight. Right. So if you're fighting with somebody, it's because you're invested still. But you may be so hurt that you may not be able to realize that what you're acting out is just pain and you're not thinking about, but I love this person. I do want to make this work. Is this the best way for us to do this? Um, and that is kind of what we're going to get into. So 
we're going to take a short break. And then after that, we're going to go into just kind of the different ways of building wide in our relationship and how it's played out and how it's helped. Um, and how, you know, if we didn't have the multiple lanes of building wide, we may not have made it this far. <laughs> we may have, had, we may have not made it many times. Um, but we have been fortunate to be, to have built wide and have so many different lanes that we enjoy each other's company and, and remind us who we are, that we're able to endure some of the most hardest bone breaking, you know, face planning shit ever. So this is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 50. Yeah, I'm 50. You're 50. I'm not 50. And that's what it is. We're not going to fight about it. No. Stay tuned. I partake in so in doing what I love I get to keep it up Perceptions leave much room to be mistaken so in doing what I say my word is covenant I expect nothing but the best from myself not myself nor me putting personality under subordination of the master key which is the most I in I and I as a man thinketh in his heart so is he Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating Use your concentration wisely Because your only limitation is your imagination Priority one is to focus on the most high in the meditation Develop the routine, keep the room clean Balance the physical and spiritual accommodation Sit daily from the written word then put it into practical use within your temple The real work is to know, the truth is the seed The real life is to grow into what you need So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating Use your concentration wisely Yes, 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 yes Black Russian Podcast episode 50 A little bit of John 9 gratitude song right there you've noticed we use a lot of reggae music and hip-hop music to kind of guide the energy um on the podcast and also in life right <laughs> a lot of times um it's really hard to be aggro and fight and be angry when there's like good reggae music in the background like it's hard to just stay aggro um you know so we do these things like that but yeah so we're here and we're going to talk about building wide and i'll, I'll set it off so it's funny because I never consciously thought about what I do in my life as building wide. But, you know, I skateboard, I do graffiti, I DJ, I produce beats, I rap, I bowl, I play Madden, I like relationships and all these different things. And what I didn't realize until much later in my life is that what that does for me is it allows me to keep having different lanes of nourishment and activity and engagement and passion circulating through my life um, consistently. So if one lane is down, like if I'm hurt skateboarding, I have graffiti, I have music, I have other things. If I'm painting graffiti and my stuff is just coming out whack, 
I can just not paint for a while and I can skate and I can do other things. Whereas if I just had one lane, let's say skateboarding, and I'm injured or I'm at my age now where I can't skate the way I used to, I would be pretty devastated. I wouldn't have much else to generate nourishment because I invested so much in one lane. And so having these multiple lanes allows me to keep perspective on myself as well as nourish different lanes of my life. I mean, get nourished by different lanes of my life. So like I was saying before this, um, the break is that me and you look at on one on AIM on Instant Messenger, we could be arguing and fighting about something very difficult. And on our text message, be talking about closing a deal and receiving deposits from a business transaction that we made and picking up the children and planning our weekend. Um, it's the same thing. Like right now, I could do a graffiti piece and get tons of praise and accolades from it while that same day I skated and I felt horrible and low self-esteem because I couldn't bend my knees and I couldn't skate the way I wanted to. So it's really hard for me to stay all the way down as if this lack of ability in skating means I'm just, I'm no good because at the same time I could be getting the most praise and at the same time go through the most frustrating thing all in one. So it keeps perspective. And that I think spread it to the way that I like to connect with people, like specifically romantic, for example. When I meet a woman that I really like and it's, it's already established that we are attracted to each other, my first thing I want to do is what are the other ways beyond physical attraction can we build that generates love and nourishment? Because if I like the person, I want more lanes than just our attraction because there may be a time when the sexual attraction is not there. And if I didn't build anywhere else, then once that's gone, I don't know how to interact with this person. And we've seen that in many relationships. People get together based upon pure attraction. And everything else is secondary because attraction is driving the ship. The minute attraction turns into normalized relationship, they may not have other lanes of connection because they never focus on building those lanes. And then the relationship is fragile because without sexual energy or the sexual, the passion or the NRE, it's not found, the foundation is not as solid. So that's kind of my early areas of like building wide and how it's been embedded in me. So. So let me take it back. Take it back one time. I'll take it back one time. As a partner, it is a lot easier for me to be your partner when you have multiple lanes of nourishment for yourself. Right. Uh, so from that perspective, the benefit is really clear. Uh, if you didn't have skating, graffiti, music, relationships, business, all that stuff, it would fall on me to console you when your knee is acting up and you can't skate. Right. Then the energy, like I have to somehow manage to pull you back up. Right. And that would suck. That would get old. I would lose interest in the process. It's just not a good setup. Right. So like as a partner, I'm grateful that you have that. I think that uh, one of the core reasons why we are partners is because that energy of yours is very, very strong and attractive and not having you, you know, I came into our relationship, you know, from my previous experience 
with a very, very, very strong understanding of I do not want to have someone fully rely on me. Right. Because that is a lot. It's scary. It's heavy. It's a lot of responsibility. It does not leave me with a lot of time and space and energy to do to understand what I need. Right. And it's it's just too much. And you're the opposite of it. Uh, so, you know, seeing it from, from that perspective is, yeah, clearly, why wouldn't everyone want to have a partner with this many lanes of, right. of nourishment and, and, and like excitement and who builds wide and, uh, you know, the flip side of it, that it's also scary is like, oh, he doesn't need me or, right. or what is he up to now? Or he's so bright and shiny that other people can't get enough of him. What does that mean for me? Uh, you know, so there's a flip side to everything. Right. And that's the challenge. And what you're explaining is part of the challenges of mandated monogamy. Yep. People feel the security of special of being the one and only and all of that. But they don't realize that if you're the one and only, then they're relying on you for a lot. And you're the one and only. You're the only one they can come to for X, Y, and Z. So what happens if they're in need and you're in need? Oh, yeah. Or, or you need more of this. And I'm like, I'm not feeling like giving yeah. it to you. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. So I mean, that's like that's a classic stalemate that plays out mostly in sex. Right. Like, I need more. Okay, well, if you need it that much, I really am not interested in giving it to you. So now what are you going to do? Right, because you can't go and get anywhere <laughs> else because our relationship says you can't. So, you know... So yes, building wide allows for stability uh, in my vibe and my purpose and my path and it creates perspective. And so I've translated that into relationships and you know, Eula and my relationship is a perfect example of that. Like, you know, we came in to this relationship for, you know, whatever the basic reasons were at the time. Well, but, we came in through friendship. Right. So that's already a way wider foundation than a lot of other relationships. Right, and just a hot, hot, flaming, yeah. hot Cheeto, passionate, yeah. poke a hole in the person, sex type right. energy. Um, but quickly through that, you know, you know, she got into my business, learned more about my business, and she became a kind of a advisor, and then a partner, and then we formed our own company together. Um, you know, she started coming with me to hip hop shows and, and, and getting more involved with the culture and the music and understanding that. And then we got into reggae, but we both love basketball. And then I got more into forensic shows and she got into watching forensic shows with me. And we both, you know, like I, we got into bowling. Like, you know, she started bowling league with me. She started painting with me. I started, she started telling me more about her business stuff and educating me about that and we would travel together because we like traveling and different foods and, and my kids came with me yeah and you know and that's it 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 just i feel like the foundation of friendship and being interested in what the other person does outside of just our relationship yeah that's to me like that's core of you know like just like you build your life wide i go at uh you know like meeting people and building relationships with people is always a very broad adventure for me right it's always like how do they live what do they do 
what is it that they do that I can learn from? What is it that they do that I can contribute to so that the relationship, the conversation, the flow is way more interesting than, you know, if there's attraction, then it's just like flirting, sexting, blah, blah, blah. Like right. that's, that gets old pretty fast. Yeah. And it's a, like, you know, and that's like you're saying, when it comes to even just getting to know someone, the desire to build wide, yeah. you know, the curiosity beyond the one lane is huge for building a, a dynamic that is, you know, that has range. You know, like, for example, like if I meet, we, 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 we've experienced this together and I've shared it with you. You know, I meet a woman, let's say I meet a woman on dating app and it quickly goes zero to 60 and it's flirting and sexting and all this stuff. The next thing I'm going to do is counterbalance that. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's dope. But like, let's, what else, what are you into? What is your passions? Tell me about your kids. How did you come to this place of non-monogamy or, you know, like, I want to learn more about our dynamic other than that hot lane. I want to round out the vibe. Or if Because? I, well, because I know that if we just rely on that one lane, like the sexual lane alone, it's not going to sustain. Why? Because just the sexual energy alone does not rejuvenate itself the way that camaraderie and appreciation of who that person is does like what makes me attracted to a person long term beyond their physical beauty is my appreciation of who they are their passions in their lives how they navigate their lives how they how they raise their kids their element of expertise um their personality and the who they are to the rest of the world not just who they are when they're being sexy to me so why do you think so many of us or people you know step out with sexual energy well because it's fun it's the shiniest object it's like the it's like the dessert it's like the it's it's both a dessert and also can be the direct lane of the deepest connection in people's lives and it's easy to get there doesn't take a lot of conversation you don't have to share your deepest stuff you don't have to deal with you don't have to expose or self-disclose trauma you can just go in and it feels really good and it feels empowering you know whatever it makes you feel special um but if there's nothing behind it then you're only going to feel special as long as you're talking about that and it's really hard to have a long-term interaction with somebody when only you're talking about sexing and flirting like how long can you have that conversation every day for weeks yeah i mean you're not con you're not having to convince me i mean i i know that but i'm just you know pondering why is it that so many people start and end there right yeah i mean it's the you know on one hand it's the highest form of flattery perceived flattery like when someone's really into you sexually if you're looking for that like you're attracted to them too right um it, it's like the highest form of like <gasps> you know, NRE and validation and all these things. And I love it, but I know that if I just keep it there, it's probably not gonna last. It's gonna be very fleeting. And if I like the person, I want it to last. So in order for me to want it to last, I want more than just that. I want to, you know, what else do we have in common? Can we make music? Do we both like Marvel movies? Do we play dominoes? Do we both like 
hip hop music or is there any other thing that we can do to generate and contribute to the sexual energy? You know, the romantic energy, the sensual energy. For me, sexual energy stems from my desire to please the person. And so I have to like the person and appreciate them to consistently want to please them. You know, for a one night stand, you can just want to please them because it's fantasy. And it's like you want to see if if what you've learned in your life can make bring pleasure and turn this person out. And they can, you know, all of that stuff. But that stuff's great, but it's fleeting. It can't sustain solely on its own, you know. So and we've seen so many situations where people meet and they meet in a flirting situation. They meet and they get and they like each other and they build a relationship on. I like you. You like me. And that's the foundation. And then it quickly after a while it goes, I love you, you love me. But you start to see that other than them liking each other, they don't have a lot in common. They don't share the same core principles about communication or relationship structure, sometimes even like how they want to raise kids. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, or any of these things. They've just based it on, I like you, I love you, you love me. We'll figure the rest out. You know, and that alone is not enough to create a healthy, happy, diverse environment because what if I like you and you like me turns into I'm mad at you, you're mad at me, or I, you know, you hurt me and I hurt you. But there's no other lane that we build on. It's going to be really hard to navigate through that and that bleeds in through every, every other area of their lives. Um, and so us building wide, we're able to go through these really hard times of face plants and feeling deceived and be able to keep perspective, like to be specific, you know, we went through something recently with Eula where, you know, she fell into the same loop of building a relationship that was much deeper and much more romantic than was led on to me to believe. And then we went through hell and back, I found out, and we hit a really hard, deep, painful space. Um, if we didn't have our family, our business, our league bowling, our painting together, our loving to be around each other, our ability, we both mutually love to communicate and not run from things. That one thing could have deep sixed our relationship. You know, but due to the fact that we had all those lanes, I could feel super hurt, I could feel super angry. And I can still love her and I can still respect her and I can still appreciate her and I can still see all of her shiny strengths amongst her weaknesses and put it all in perspective and give her room to both feel bad, feel hurt, but feel loved and feel supported. And I think without the other lanes, I don't know if I would have been able to be the person to have perspective when I'm blinded by pain and by deception. You know, that's from my side of that. So building wide for us has been our safety blanket that we have multiple lanes that when one lane goes down, we're constantly generating love and nourishment and reminders that the person that you're having this hardest time, this bone breaking, painful um, struggle with is the same person that's co-created this amazing life, this amazing family, and this love and community that we have. Yeah, and then, you know, like from my side, the hardest part for me to 
see when I am uh, not just upset at myself, but like feel all the super hard emotions of, uh, you know, what I've learned is not just guilt, but shame, uh, is being able to rely on you telling me, no, that's 10% of our life, or that's 10% of you. There's this other 90% of you, 90% of our life that does not change. And I love and commit, I'm committed to like, if we didn't have that, then I wouldn't have the ability to pick myself back up and then go keep learning what it is that I need to learn. So that's, you know, we progress and I progress and I learn and, and we start breaking the loops and, you know, we start closing that 10% um, gap that we have. Right. And then another angle of building wide in this situation, let's say when you and I were going through this part where it's super painful and, you know, we needed to find both this balance of uh, space together to stay close and heal, but also space away from each other to generate our own nourishment to help get ourselves back to a decent level enough to where we could show up in this relationship, in this conversation without taking all our pain and all of our hurt and frustration on each other. You know, I needed to have other friendships, other relationships to generate nourishment with, whether I talk to them directly and needed a solution directly from them or I just needed love, I needed camaraderie um, I needed my skateboarding. I needed my graffiti art. I needed my music making. I needed my DJing. Yeah. Because what that did is it allowed me to nourish myself back up and heal without trying to impose the healing of everything I needed on Eula while she's going through a very painful, depleted state. Even if in this situation... My ego could be like, well, she caused it. She has to figure out how to deal with hers and mine. You know, luckily, I can hear the ego and hear my spirit and hear my inner child. It's like, she's still the other Eula that does all of this and that. So you need to go nourish yourself up. So when you show back up to this dialogue, you can both express your pain and your anger and concern. And at the same time, love camaraderie and commitment if i couldn't say it because i was so hurt and upset i was saying it by my presence i was saying it by being there i was saying it by going to bed with her i was saying it by still bowling league together and still going on our la trips together and still painting together you know and this is all the while we're going through the hardest shit ever you know because we're able to build wide that you know if 10 percent of our our lines of connection are down we have 90 other 90 percent that's holding it up or you know 80 percent of 20 percent down but we always have multiple lanes and within our relationship but in multiple lanes outside of our relationship because i'm sure while you know you're feeling like poop because of of this you know the pain and the damage that you've caused and the shame that you're feeling with yourself you still feel the need and deserve to feel special to feel loved, to feel cared for, to feel that someone and people, not just me, love and care for you. Right? Right. Maybe? Yeah. 
No, it just it's 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 a. <laughs> she had this soft face moment. Well, it's a, yeah. It's a tough. It's a tough conversation. It's not you know. I can't just sit here and talk about it as if it's a theoretical thing that happened to somebody else. You know, like it's. It's uh, just like while not being in the moment of dealing with immediate, you know, breakdown, hearing it, participating in this conversation is not easy. Right. You know, it's it's sensitive, it's vulnerable, it's frustrating, it's upsetting, it's all of it, you know. Uh, I mean, it's it's human, it's 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 hard. Uh, and then, you know, in the in the middle of it, it feels like there's no way that we're gonna get through it at all, like zero, none. Like right. I don't, I, I'm at the wall. I have no idea. Like it's it's just not gonna happen. But then, it happens every time we do something together. We, you know, I keep making food. We keep going on walks. Right. We keep talking about other things. We keep painting. We keep holding hands. We always hold hands. <laughs> we, you know, go to bed together. We get up together. It's, the routines are all the same because we have never changed the commitment to being together. Right. You know, like that has never once changed. That's like, I can question Tion's commitments because I cannot temporarily see the reason why he would be with me. But then he's like, uh, here's 55 million reasons, so you don't have to worry about it. And then I don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, and as soon as I stop worrying about it, then we go back to, okay, we, we actually enjoy being around each other. Yeah. And, you know, imagine in your relationship, if you have that reassurance while you're going through some really hard shit that the other person is not thinking about abandoning ship and leaving you, it gives you room to actually work through the challenges. Whereas a lot of times people are so afraid to deal with the real deep root challenges because they're afraid that their partner's going to leave them. If they keep talking about this thing that's difficult or keep bringing up something they want to resolve, and so what happens is if you're trying to navigate resolving an issue with you and your partner while you're terrified that at any point the partner could just leave, it makes it very hard to, to naturally take the time to go through the process of what it's going to take to get some type of root resolvement and connection at the same time. And we're going to go into damage control. We're going to broad stroke. And we're going to try to move quickly to just make it feel better. Yeah, and I think that that's the, that's the reason why a lot of our processes have taken so long is because I've had to learn through you know repetition that nope, I don't have to worry about you leaving. Right. I don't have to worry about you shutting me out of your life. I can both feel pain and trust that you're here and relax and go into okay what is it that where do i where do i dig next what is it that i'm undoing next you know a lot of this stuff that causes these loops you know like in our situation is 
you know, the upbringing, the, I mean, everyone knows that, right? right? The conditioning, the stuff that was created before that has gone unnoticed for so many years. And now, you know, taking time to find it, that's what takes the longest. Right. I feel like finding it takes the longest. And then once it's found, figuring out, okay, what do I want to do with it? That's easier than not knowing what it is. That's the frustrating part. But, you know, going back to the building wide, the, the trust that it creates in the partnership actually still being solid because it's 90% great, uh, that's, what it, that's a luxury that, uh, you know, we should all have. And creating it consciously is like creating a security blanket that is probably one of the few blank security blankets that we need to have. Yeah. Uh, because if we consciously build it, then we clearly understand the purpose of it and we can use it and rely on it when we need to. You know, when we don't have it, we clearly can't rely on it. It's scary as hell. And then there's right. really no way to dig yourself out of an emotional hole that fear puts us in. Right. And then so the building wide part, both outside of our connection is so important because there needs to be a level of self-reliance and self-love and self-care that goes into two people coming back together to resolve a very difficult, painful it, you know, situation that may not be resolved in one day, one week, one month, one year. It may be an ongoing theme that requires several conversations and revisiting the conversations. Um, and if either one of us don't have enough lanes outside of the relationship to build nourishment, to build replenishment, and we're codependent on the relationship to make us feel better, then we're going to really tax the relationship and we're not going to be able to give the relationship the support it needs to heal. You know, I need to heal myself to an extent to be able to hear Eula's challenges and Eula's struggles and not just be so hurt that I'm going, I don't care why you did it. You did it and you know you shouldn't do it and blah, 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 blah. And that's where people get stuck. That's where we get stuck when we're not able to self-nourish is we don't allow ourselves to see perspective because we're so depleted and so um, emotionally and mentally taxed that all we can see is the pain as opposed to being able to walk away enough to nourish up on our own to be like, okay, this happened, this is challenging, this is fucked up, but this is why, this is how, and whatever I don't know, I can now go back and ask the questions, but in a space of a conversation of how can we figure this out? Not why are you da 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 da, you know, but that's so important for both people involved in the dynamic to have their own lanes to nourish up which also becomes very challenging in mandated monogamous spaces because you may not have access to the lanes that you may need to feel the support. And you may have only relied primarily on your monogamous relationship because that's when it was good. That's all you guys wanted to do. And now you don't have friends to talk to because you never shared this stuff with them. 
you don't have someone to be affectionate with just to make you feel um, supported and held when you don't want to talk, but you want to just generate and feel loved. You don't have these other points of reflection that remind you that you are still love, you are still sexy, you are still attracted and appreciated because all you've you put it all in one basket and now that basket doesn't have the fruit to feed you, but yet you can't go get it anywhere else. You know, so it's tricky, but that's why building wide when things are good, when your relationship, but in your life as well as individuals is so important. We need we're very omnipotent people in different lanes and passions are like different fruits and vegetables and meats in our lives. Like we need a balanced diet. We need to have access to more than one fruit, to more than one vegetable, shit, to more than one farm, to more than one restaurant, because there are going to be times we're going to need a certain nourishment that our, that our restaurants and where we get our normal food from is not available. And what do we do? You know, so if we have a diverse, diverse, um, array of places that we get nourishment from both within and external then we have a better chance at staying balanced and navigating the hardship that we all go through in life and especially in in long-term relationships yeah i you know we i think we're we're raising you know go back to raising kids like we're raising our kids with a lot, a lot, a lot of freedom for them to pick what they want to do and how they want to do it, which allows for a lot of uh, ways to find their passions. And I feel like they all have found different things that make them happy. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason why it's been, you know, I, I, I personally have a lot of undoing and have done a lot of undoing and discovery is because I didn't have that luxury for one reason or another, right? right? Uh, so finding passion in my life uh, was for a long time was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, right. I don't even know where to start. And when you have that, like when you're in that position, then you naturally gravitate towards, I mean, these are the, these are the ways that you get your nourishment from. Find the person that, you know, you love and then build with them. Right. right? And then, I mean, that's great, but that's very limiting. Right. And it becomes codependent if you're not careful codependency does not help with working through problems and problems always come up yeah so you know like through my life like i in later i knew okay okay well finding something i'm into independent of tion is important right how do i go about it I have no idea, especially because there's so many things that I actually like that he loves. Right. And that's great. Like we've developed a, a base of a lot of things that we do together. There's a million things. And also, okay, what do I want to do on my own? Right. Because if I only enjoy things that I do with him, that does not help me when we're not in a good space or when I want to do something on my own, he's not available for one reason or another. What do I want to do? That part has taken me a long time. 
Right. I mean, literally, it's, I feel like I finally, like, landed in a good space where I can entertain myself happily for days, weeks, whatever, and not be concerned that I'm going to be bored, like, during, during COVID, the lockdown. Right. You know, where I'm like, oh, I love the process of making bread. I can sit and knit for hours. And I love being at home with kids. I love being at home without kids. I have friends I will go and spend time with and enjoy it. And then when I'm done enjoying it, I'll be back home happily so. And it's not scary anymore to not have all the things that, you know, Tian and I do be available. It's actually nice to not have to rely on it because then when we do it, then it's fresh and happy and enjoyable and not worn out. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the hardest things to do and the least thing to enjoy is needing someone to give you something when yeah. they're, not, they're not in the space or desire nope. to give it to or you. Or not around, like not around, like you not being around for one reason or another is not a reason for me to not enjoy where I am right now. Right. Like it sucks to be in the state where I'm sitting waiting for you to show up so we I can feel excited about doing things. Like right. that's not cool, but that is, I think, a lot of, uh, you know, I know that in my life, like that's the relationship between my mom and dad, like that energy I grew up with. Right. You know, mom waiting for dad. That sucks. I hate it. It's triggering. It's heavy. I don't like it. Right. Not one bit. But how long does it take to develop your own life when you're already a mom, a mom, a wife, you know, you work, you do all that. You're not used to it. No one was a role model for it growing up. That's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's. We all come at this from different backgrounds, different traumas, different grooves, but it's seemingly more and more important for all of us to be able to have our own variety, our own garden of nourishment that both we can do in community or with our partner or we can do on our own. Yeah. And it's important to have all of these because there's going to be a time where you're going to need to be your optimum person and your partner's not going to be there to help you because maybe they need the time away as well or community may not be around. And in order to really be able to love openly and, and encourage and empower your partner's freedom and other people's freedom, you're going to have to be able to generate self-love and self-validation because like we said at the beginning, freedom is very destabilizing because you don't know what their freedom is going to look like and it's going to trigger a lot of things in you which is going to require you to be able to replenish that energy that it's going to right. take to support someone's growth, someone's change and give them room like we give our kids room to just be in the nuanced space of not black or not white. I think, you know, like I think what I've learned is that the coolest thing uh that comes with having your own spaces that you fully enjoy is the excitement that comes from, oh, Tian's not going to be around. It's my own time. Oh, I can't wait to do this. Right. Versus, oh, he's not going to be around. What in the world am I going to do? It changes how I feel about it, which changes how you feel about it. Right. Which makes it a lot more 
you know, a lot, a lot easier, I'm sure, for you to be out and enjoy what you're doing, knowing that I'm enjoying and excited about whatever it is that I'm doing with people, without people, on my own, uh, you know, out of the house, in the house, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge relief to know that I'm actually looking forward to those times versus I'm bracing for those times. Right. And all of that, you know, and, and dealing with relationships and trying to love um, without possession or ownership really depends on our abilities to have these different lanes and build wide within ourselves to where we enjoy when we're together and we enjoy when we're not together. And we don't, we love doing things together, but we're not codependent and solely dependent on each other for our sources of happiness, validation, love, and acceptance, which also comes with the challenges of being strong enough and generate enough love within yourself to have the space to deal with the sensitivities of if you're not the person's everything, which we can't really be, that we're okay with them having other people, places, and things that bring them joy and love and camaraderie and add nourishment. Because in return, it actually benefits you and the relationship if you're not the sole reliant one. Although it's scary when you're not the sole yeah. reliant one. I mean, one. it's it, you know, parenting is like it's a microcosm of of you know relationships. Uh, we've always left the kids right when they were little with nannies different people family friends i mean we've left them with a lot right. of different people we, we definitely appreciate that it takes a village and we we did make sure we had a village yeah. to, you know but we've always left them right and i had to overcome the feeling of guilt because i felt like i'm being a bad mom in reality it's not even that in reality it's the ego is like Oh, they can do it, you know, without you. And of course they can, right. and they're happy to. And they, our relationship with them is better because of it, because they're happy when we leave them. Yeah. Uh, that tells them that we trust them. Right. It allows them to exercise the freedom of doing really what they want to do. And, seeing what that feels like and it tells us and, and everyone's happy when we come home everyone's you know aired out and and back to not feeling like you know we're stuck with each other but right. also it's like the the cool thing is that when they have that freedom they're used to having that freedom because it's very regular that we leave them and they know it right they don't do anything crazy right like we come now, we come back to the house and there's just two of them now and the house is not a mess. Right. Right? Like they haven't gone out and like bought crazy stuff or done crazy stuff or like there's not extra junk food here. There's no, there's right. nothing. Like it's literally like their normal, normal life when we're here. Yeah. And they have full freedom. And that is one of the coolest things to see. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why, you know, building wide is just, it's part of our mantra. It's like nourish up and building wide and just, it just helps everything when we have multiple lanes. And like back to my knee as we wrap it up, you know, me strengthening my quads and 
loosening up my hip flexors and strengthening my ankles has definitely helped my knee. Yeah. And it's, it's helping me in metaphorical terms understand that like there are going to be times when a part of your body is not functional. But if you strengthen the other parts, it can support that while it heals and doesn't put all the emphasis on that one specific space. And that is the essence of why we even decided to do this episode was that, you know, we've been through some really hard shit in the last few months, but we could just sit here and talk about the hard shit, which we usually will focus on because there is a lot of lessons and honesty in that. But I really felt that it's important because all of us are going to have hardship. We go through with our partners and within ourselves, but in order to aid that process and allow it the natural time it takes to heal properly, we need to have multiple lanes of connection to ourselves and to each other and ways to replenish. Um, and I think that's an important thing to share in this process, in this podcast, and on episode 50. Yep. So that is episode 50, Building Wide. I am Tion Buku One. I'm Yula. And that is that. Stay tuned. The next episode may be next week or next year. <laughs> it won't be next. Well, I mean, we're almost in December. Uh, yeah, next, maybe it's next year. Fun. We'll see what it is. But either way, please engage. Like the podcast. Share the podcast. Reach out. Ask questions. We like to interact with you guys. We'd love to know what you'd like to hear and all of that. This is a two-way street. Interact with us. The Black Russian Podcast. Ciao. Women and women can party till I got tight. Pull it up, select and start to play some all me tight. Man and woman, me say party till I money like come on me. Lordy, 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 lordy. Ashtabha, well, the people they want party vibes. No river, no inner, the dancer, you are not gonna dive. Janet, no left you are running, no blues on life. Police, 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 go! And select a lock of this one without a one, he be back so